Well, thanks for sticking with me to part B. And now I can relax a little bit. I have uh, another 30 minutes. I hope I won't spend the whole time finishing this up. But there's things I want to talk about that I thought were very, very important. <clears throat> and uh, I want to tell a personal story I wasn't going to tell because uh, uh, for time-wise, but now I can. And I, the po point of the story is to illustrate why these topics are important. Now, I'm sorry, there's a fighter jet going right over my head. Uh, I don't know the microphone's picking it up, but that's what that is. My wife and I, and this this illustrates a different point, don't agree on most of these things. She doesn't listen to my podcast because she doesn't agree with them. That doesn't bother me. I love her. We have a very close relationship. So my point is, I don't fight with people who disagree with me. I don't hate them. I'm not mad at them. Now, some of them, not many, just a handful have written me letters telling me I'm going to hell, things I've said, and, and that's hurtful, that's painful. But I have no concept that if you don't listen to what I'm saying, you're going to hell. I'm not certain about anything I say, but I raise uh, issues that I think are important. So I'm gonna tell a personal story, and I do it with some hesitation because uh, I had one evangelical write me a letter tell me that uh, I was, uh, I could tell, and they were being kind. They were saying, I can tell you've been hurt by evangelicalism and that's why you don't like it anymore. And and I'm sorry that, you, and, and I'm thinking, what? <laughs> I mean, back when I was an evangelical, yeah, there's, there's a very uh, 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 unhealthy things that went on and I was hurt by those. I hurt as many people as people hurting me so I'm part of the problem. So I don't see it as I'm the victim at all. And that's not why I have my views today. But again, when I came out of evangelicalism, I saw hordes of people leaving the church. And I talked to them and I felt sad because they were leaving the church over things that they didn't have to. They said it's a farce. And I said, well, yeah, it is a farce. But here's a different way to think about Christianity. It's not a farce. And that's my whole point. So I'm gonna tell you the last evangelical church I went to. Now, even after I left evangelicalism, I went back and I thought I could save the church and quickly found out I couldn't. Uh, if you're evangelical or from a Christian background, it's a problem of wineskins that Jesus talks about. But anyway, the church I was going to uh, had a series from the Institution of Creation Research. It's a, a young earth group that I was involved with in early 90s until I was a usher at one of their conferences. In the middle of it, I'm listening to what they're saying and they, they're grossly misrepresenting the secular scientists and the evidence that they have for an old earth. They're grossly assigning to them uh, this um, militancy against Christianity that's not there. And they grossly put moral statements out if you don't believe in the young earth, then you don't believe the Bible. If you don't believe the Bible, you don't believe in God, you don't love God, you're going to hell. And it's a tremendous uh, social coercion, or what you could call peer pressure, to believe these dogmas that have nothing, I say it over and over, absolutely nothing to do with the Bible. And they can beat their chest and say, we are biblical, but it's just not true. So anyway, I got off on a tangent, but I was involved with ICR. So this church I was going to showed a video series for my CR, I'm sitting there just feeling really, really sad. I'm feeling sad about the ridiculous things that they're saying. Um, I'm talking as a scientist, as someone who, who looks at evidence in the cosmos. 
you know, they make a huge issue that Mount St. Helens proves that the Grand Canyon was created in a matter of a week. That's simply bizarre. If you are an honest geologist, I've climbed Mount St. Helens. I've climbed through the ash and it, the ash is like talcum powder. I've climbed all the way to the top as a mountain climber. Um, and so I know the mountain well, and I know what they're talking about. Uh, when the volcano erupted in the early 80s or 70s, I can't remember now, uh, it laid down, oh, yeah, late 70s, I think. It laid down layer and layer, no, maybe it's 81, I can't remember, layer and layer of ash because the, the volcano would spout out big clouds of ash every few hours. So every few hours you had it, and it would settle, it would float down to the air and settle. You create these layers, and then the glaciers were being melted by the heat, and this huge turrent of water came down uh, the mountain and cut through this ash, leaving this layered look that's about 1,000th the size of the Grand Canyon. But here's the issue. It's ash, and it was, lay it was layered ash, and had a little bit different colors, so you could see the layers. So to a kid, it might look a little bit like the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon is radically different. Not only is it a thousand times bigger, but the base rock of the Grand Canyon is basalt. And then you have layers of different types of sandstone and shell. Shell and sandstone both take, and this is experimental, you can show, takes long periods of time to form uh, under pressure and sometimes heat. And, and you can see these different layers. And there's even a layer of new basalt on top of these layers of sedimentary rock that sort of put it in a capsule in the Grand Canyon. And in these layers, you can also find life forms that are radically different from each other. Now, these ICR people will say, well, the simple little creatures, when Noah's flood happened, they stayed at the bottom of the water, like the trilobites, and the simple fishes stayed at the next layer, and then the sponges, and, and they crawled up slowly to, during the flood and put themselves in these layers and they're found nowhere outside of those layers it makes no sense if you imagine a lake full of very simple creatures all the way up to mammals and then you just dump this huge amount of mud on this lake like noah's flood happened these animals wouldn't just line up in rows and layers based on how smart they were and that's what the icr says but anyway they're showing this film icr which suggests that dinosaurs might still be alive in Africa in places we haven't explored. That's a profoundly naive view of the world. But anyway, when they got done, I felt, felt so sad. And the issue is our high school kids were telling them that the earth, the Bible says the earth is 6,000 years old, and therefore you have to believe this nonsense and, and, and not look at any of the other evidence. And then they go to college and they see the evidence that they were lied to about with ICR and their evangelical families, and then they throw all of Christianity down the garbage because they can't believe anything anymore. That's what worried me. When we were done with the class, I made the comment, simply one comment. I wasn't saying you must believe in the old earth. And my wife, Denise, kept saying, who cares how old the earth is? Well, I understand what she's saying. Who does care? It's not important. What's important is the pursuit of truth. Uh, so when I got done, I said, here's what we, here's the problem. We must allow our high school kids to have a view of the earth that is old. Because if we don't, when they go to college and hear the other side, they're going to leave Christianity. Well, immediately the head elder, who was a football coach, 
who everyone in that church adored, became upset and said out loud to the whole group, my Bible says the earth is 6,000 years old, and if you don't believe that, then you're not a Christian. Not one person came to my defense. So I'm sitting there feeling very, very sad that the church I've gone to for a number of years doesn't see me as a Christian, and I've been an elder, and I've been very active. My days there were over. How can you operate within a church which has now put you on the outside of the thick walls? You're not included. You're not going to heaven. You're going to hell. You're not of God. You're of Satan. I mean, how can you function with that view of yourself? Now, one person, his name was Bob, did talk to me outside and say, I agree with you, Mike, <laughs> but I didn't want to say anything. But on the way out of church, another person uh, came up to him and put his arm around me. And he's kind of guy who has no science interest. I don't know if he even finished high school. He may have, but just not kind of person that reads books or studies that would be having interest. Put his arm around me and said, you know, the way they date the earth is all wrong. It, none of it works. I just felt just this misinformation that evangelicals promote. Now talk about all the things that are not biblical that are now part of dogma of evangelicalism. Well, let me tell you what is biblical. I sat down one day and just studied the idea of truth and lies and bearing false witness. It's mentioned clearly in the Bible 500 times, over 500 times. Whereas age of the earth is not mentioned, abortion's not mentioned. And I look at Donald Trump, I hate to get off on him. He's inside this wall of evangelicalism now. They love him. As one of the evangelicals I interviewed said, he would vote for him every day, the greatest president we ever had. Well, the Bible's very clear about adultery. And Donald Trump's boasted of having 2,000 adulterous relationships in his life. The Bible's clear, as I just said, about telling the truth. But I won't go down that, that rabbit hole. But let me talk just a moment about how, how the scientists do date the earth. There's, there's nine radiometric ways that we use for dating. That's just one way to date the earth. Carbon-14 you're familiar with. It's been tested and tested and tested. You know, you can... You can go to something, you know, carbon-14 is only used in organic material, but you can go back to, say, the Byzantine, or not Byzantine, the Bronze Age, find a, a, a piece of paper or, or parchment that's been written on, and it has the date on it, you know, certain so year of king so-and-so, so they know precisely the date it's written. They can do carbon-14 on that parchment because it's organic, and come up with a date that's usually within 2% accurate. So they've done this over and over and over. And just a few years ago, they, they actually modified carbon-14 because humans have put so much carbon in the atmosphere that the decay rate has slowed down just a slightly, about 2%. But they want to be very precise. So this bullshit that uh, the evangelicals put out that it's, that it's all messed up, it's fake, it doesn't work, it's just lies, it's lies. And I'm sorry to call it that, but it's so off the, the, so outrageous. It is lies. It's not perfect, but it's very, very close. But there's eight other, uh, carbon-14 can only go back 50,000 years uh, because carbon has completely, 14 has completely decayed by that time. But there's eight other ways of, of using uh, isotopes. That's where there's extra electrons and, and watch it decay into other uh, uh, elements. And they've timed these very carefully and they know the process. They're like, they're like clocks. They're like Swiss-made clocks. And all of them are about 2% accurate. Um, 
And this idea that they're all wrong uh, is, is very dishonest. Now, ICR has many papers written about one event where they do have one PhD geologist, and I don't understand uh, why he's part of that and Seth the dogmas have overtaken his judgment. He did a paper on a potassium argon isotope. Uh, <clears throat> and he, going back to Mount St. Helens, he took a new lava rock that was formed in 81, I guess, and in a very dishonest way sent to the lab to have it dated. And they dated it at 3,000 years. How, how, no, they, I think it's 3,000 years. Maybe it's a million years. I can't remember now the story. But potassium argon should never be used for anything that's less than about five or 10,000 years because the decay is so slow, you can't measure it. And the technique that was used to measure that, uh, if they had known, they would have never even done the, the test. It's very inaccurate for measuring young rocks, very accurate for measuring rocks. They're one, two, three, four billion years old. But ICR has used it as proof that these dating techniques don't work. But let me just mention a few more uh, <clears throat> that are beyond these radiometric ones. Uh, core samples. Now think about this for a moment. When glaciers are laid down, they have annual rings just like a tree because they have seasons of snow and seasons of not snow that leaves these distinct rings that get compact into thin layers of ice. You can measure pollen in these layers to know when spring was. Very, very accurate. In Greenland, they have drilled down with core samples that are 130,000 years of annual rings. How can a six-year-old, 6,000-year-old Earth be true? In Antarctica, they've done the same thing and gone back 800,000 years. These are annual rings. Now, there's another one where they, you know about looking at tree rings, and I just did a hike the other day. We have a tree here that cut, it's been cut down, and someone's labeled the rings going back to the 1500s. They're annual rings. We all trust these things. There's a whole a way of dating called, uh, I think it's called denochronology. It's that rings of trees are like fingerprints because of environmental factors. So trees in Europe are all the same. Trees in North America are the same because the climate is a little bit different. But they leave down these very traceable uh, fingerprints that you can date the tree very accurately. But the oldest tree they've ever dated using tree rings going back to when the tree was cut down was 13,900 years. So that tree was cut down 13,900 years ago. You can tell by the annual rings. So how does that work in a 6,000 year old earth? Now, another one I was interested in, the Nile. The Nile, I lived in Egypt. I was very familiar with the Nile. The Nile has done annual flooding. There's rains in the Ethiopian highlands. Uh, I forgot what, when the rains occur in the spring, I think. And then there's flooding, and that's why Egypt even exists. The flooding had brought nutrients down and caused these really fertile fields to form. They went out to the Mediterranean into the Delta, thinking the Nile River was a few, not few, but tens of thousands of years old. And they did core samples of these layers of annual deposits. Just again, like looking at tree rings, going down 30 million years of layers of annual flood, flooding. So the, and I'm just barely scratched the surface. I did not get into the evolution. And if you listen to a creationist, they're lying about what the scientists know. 
And to me, the Bible is clear about lying and bearing false witness. It says nothing about the age of the earth. It says nothing about COVID. It says nothing about climate change. It says nothing about abortion. Of course, the Bible says a lot about murder, but that's another discussion, making the leap from abortion to murder. Anyway, I'm gonna close here, and thanks for listening to this whole series. I speak sometimes with emotion, and again, I, I'm not arguing against those who want to hold these positions of 6,000-year-old earth or that COVID is wicked or whatever. But lies have consequences. And it's, it, it's in the 300,000 deaths of people who believe the lies, many, many more who have long-haul long COVID. They didn't have to have it. I'm extremely vulnerable to COVID because I have cancer. I'm on heavy-duty chemo. I've had a bone marrow transplant, and I've been exposed to COVID several times, even a super spreader event in my own house. And I've never had COVID because I keep my vaccines up to date. Now, you can get COVID and be even fully vaccinated, but this evidence is overwhelming that it produces a less serious COVID infection. Anyway, uh, but the real issue is about truth. When you give up the pursuit of truth, you've lost everything. Have a wonderful day.